everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I am so excited to welcome these debut authors who are identical twin sisters, which is so amazing. And I was just saying, I feel like I'll never have this again. So I think this is so cool. Their upcoming novel, Someone Had to Do It, is so good. It was a page turner. I was on the edge of my seat. And after it was over, the vibe I got from it was gossip girl mixed with murder. So that's how I feel. I want to <laughs> summarize this book, but I am so excited to welcome Amber and Danielle Brown. Welcome. Hi. Thank, Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> it's like, it's like literally a mirror, same voices, like two gorgeous authors. So I am so excited to have you guys here. Um, So give us a little, like, this is your debut novel. You've gotten such great praise. I was reading on the back, the different blurbs and stuff, but give, you have like a fun journey to your, to, to this book. And you've been like in the fashion world, which I'm obsessed with. So give us, and I'll let you guys, you guys probably have a way to be in sync of talking. So I'll let you guys take it away, but give everyone just like your journey and, and how you got here. Yeah, so we. Wait, I just want to say I think it's funny that you said you know it's like a fun journey for us. It's totally excruciating. Totally the opposite of fun. <laughs> That's well, the whole setup. But go ahead. Well, okay. So just a little background is so we grew up in like this really small town in New Jersey in a city that's like right smack dab between Newark and New, New York. York. So the aspiration was always to make it to New York somehow. We didn't know how we were going to do it as kids, but it was just like, you see the skyline and you just fantasize about it. So I would say about in high school, while 14, we joined book club and we started reading books for the first time, you know, leisurely, because yeah. before we were just reading a bunch of classics, stuff like that. We didn't really connect to the characters, didn't really yeah. understand, you know, the Scarlet Letter, stuff like and that. I'm, but, I'm also not afraid to admit all the books that we were assigned in class, like I literally never read them. I skimmed them. I read the beginning and the end. I went on Spark Notes. Like I just could never get into them. Yeah. So I I never read them. So I, yeah, fourteen. That's the first yeah. time I ever like read a book from beginning to end. I was like, wow, that was fun. Yeah. And then basically, long story short, is we get jealous because we are like, oh my god, but we want a book. We want to be have this little New York Times bestseller sticker on our book. So we just got like a loose leaf binder or a binder of loose leaf paper yeah. and a pencil literally and just started writing in the back of class when we had time. And then we wrote nonstop through high school and in college. And so we graduated in 2012, which was the first time we both, so we wrote separately at first. That was the first time we finished a book and we're like, we're going to query it. And our book is coming out in a few weeks and our book is coming out in December 22. So whatever. that was like 10 years. Yeah. So it was like 10 years ago. We literally thought, yeah, we're going to query this. We'll probably get some rejections, but <laughs> we're going to get a deal. Like there's just no way. And we're going to be a New York Times bestseller by, by 25, by 25, 100%. It might not be the first book, but it's going to happen. And it just did it. And so it was just eight years of just writing a manuscript, querying it, getting all rejections, all rejections or no responses at all. Yeah, mostly no responses. Yeah, and then until the very end, um, everything changed and it all, for someone had to do it, it all happened really, really fast. And part of us is kind of like, if that is how, if that would have happened in when 2012, we were, yeah. mm -hmm. would have taken it for granted and not realized how hard it is to actually get a book published. So I can't necessarily say that we're grateful that we had to go through the storms <laughs> for as long as we did, but it definitely puts everything into perspective and we can appreciate it a lot more now. Okay. So my first question, we're going to go back to what you said. Okay. So you're not, definitely not the first that did not read high school books, <laughs> skip them <laughs> over, like asking questions. I don't know. I, yeah. And I'm a huge reader, so I am with you on that. But when you, you said at 14, you were like, okay, we we discovered that reading was said Like, what were the books that you were reading where you were like, we are into this. Like, we want to do this. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> this is funny. Mostly, our, we, our mom, maybe she would cringe at this, but it was mostly, um, I don't know if people know Zane. She's this Black author. And she had this, like, her most famous book was probably The Sex Chronicles. So that pretty much tells you what it was about. It was this anthology of just sex stories. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Eric Jerome Dickey is another person we loved. Um, but in book club, there was Sister Soldier's book, mm -hmm. No Disrespect. No, yeah, No Disrespect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. Um, there was there's an author, Omar Tyree. 
So it was a lot yeah. of, these were all Black authors because, well, I, we grew up, I should say, we grew up in a all-Black neighborhood. Everyone was Black. So our, like, our book club was run by a Black person. So all the books pretty much were Black. So we kind of had, like, I know a lot of people nowadays, you know, never read a lot of books by Black authors. We don't relate to that really because, like, all the books, what got us into reading was Black authors. So yeah, I was just wanting to throw that in there. But it was a lot of rated R stuff. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, of course you were like, oh, these books aren't like the books we were reading in school. So we're going to be flying through these books. But I agree. I mean, I think, yeah, I think you have to find, that's like the bummer about reading. I feel like we, you know, in school, you're just brought up to read these books that we have to read. And I feel like, yeah, you could like those and that's great. But then you're not, there's people that are like, I don't like reading, but it's like, you have to find that segue book to be like, oh, you know, and those were the authors for you. And, you know, I read all kinds of stuff too. So I feel like that is just something that like you should, that's amazing that you were able to, you know, cause I feel like a lot of teens especially are like, that's, I don't like it. I don't like reading. And it's like, no, I do. I do have to say I was reading. So I always forget this, but our mom was obsessed with Danielle Steele. Oh yeah. And yeah. That's how she got, Danielle got her name. <laughs> so I actually read, I don't know, like five of her books back-to-back pre-high school that I liked so I I have to credit her too (laughs) oh my god wait I'm that's real that you were named after Danielle Steele yeah that is amazing (laughs) guys this is why is this not put like in your author bio (laughs) like I feel like that would be amazing that's like iconic I love I know. that. I don't know. It's a, I forget the story in detail, but I think it was like after she had us, like she didn't have the names, yeah, she didn't picked, have out, the names picked out and she was reading a book because she had to get the cesarean and all that and stay in the hospital or no, yeah. we stay in the hospital. She, she did was stay alone. for a few days. Okay. Yeah. And she was, she just saw the book and she was reading it. And then yeah, and she, I love she's read almost all of her books. Yeah. Which is like hundreds. And she like just had a new book come out, which I'm like, how is she still um, like multiple books a year? Yeah. Okay, so not non-writing before I get back to like your writing journey. I'm so what it, is it like to grow up as an identical twin? Like were you guys the typical like did you play pranks? Like what was that like? Well, I always say it's hard to say exactly what it's like because I don't know what it's like to not be a twin. So I can't right. say but, but I would say overall it's super fun just because called us the twins and like no one of the twin thing it just makes it like this cute thing and then um it's just fun you always have a best friend you always have someone who understands you we've gone through all of our experiences especially this child uh, in childhood we're together so there's never a sense of oh my god I feel lonely like I always say I don't know what it's like to feel lonely because I've never had that experience like I've always known someone is right next to me she knows exactly how I feel I don't even have to say anything and if she doesn't when I explain it she's not judgmental she listens to me it's just a a best friend that you know you're going to have for the rest of your life and so growing up we did dress alike until college (laughs) like literally dress alike down to the earrings yeah down to the accessories belt shoes bag literally we, we had fun with it we thought it was fun and everybody else thought it was fun too. Yeah, in, in elementary school. Amber says she doesn't remember this. What? But our principal, the day we graduated, like the last day of school, he came up to us and we were together for the first time because we were separated. We never had classes together. We couldn't have lunch together. We couldn't have recess together, you know, because they thought that it would hinder our development. <laughs> so he we were together for the first time, the last day of school. And he came up to us and he said, Oh my God, I always thought you guys were the same person. Oh. Like he didn't know it was two of us. Yeah. So, he would like just think it was the same person every time he saw uh, you guys. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of, you know, we got like the same grades and things like that. So I, I can see that. But in high school, we dressed like and people, she said, just called us the twins or called me. Hey, twin. Like we didn't have a name. But and I know our friends used to get really annoyed, like they got really annoyed for us, but it didn't bother us because that's just part of our identity. Yeah. Right. You just, and I think you said it perfectly. Like you don't know anything different. Just like us asking, you're like, we can't tell you, yeah. you know, yeah. what that's like. But I think that's a, that is so cool. And now here you are, you decided to write a book together because that's just what you do. So the, the, in 2012, were you working on someone had to do it or was that something completely different? No, no we were. So in 20, I would say from 2012 to, 
so someone had to do it we wrote separately and okay. we had never entertained working together or maybe danielle did kind of maybe like as a yeah no no um <laughs> she's like no <laughs> not, not like it was an active thought it's just we just always well i was gonna say separate. i was more so saying i don't ever want to write a book with her because i don't want to mix business with pleasure research. pretty much yeah i don't want to fight about this and creative pursuits are so personal yeah. and even though we are really, really close and we have a lot of similar opinions and stuff like that. I just didn't want to cause a fight. And spoiler alert, we did fight a lot through <laughs> someone had to do it. Like we had really hostile, well, one really bad one. Yeah. And then a bunch of little bickering ones. Yeah. But we worked through it. We're good now. And we learned our process of how to work together. But it, it was tough at first. And I was afraid of that. But of course, that birth, someone had to do it. So, but yeah, we were working on totally different books. Not even necessarily thrillers at first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it was more like contemporary general fiction and, or maybe even genre agnostic. Like we really didn't pick anything in the beginning. Yeah. But then it evolved to us kind of just more so, I guess, because the market became more about thrillers. Like we always liked watching thrillers. Yeah. Thrillers, and, and, like, thrillers and action movies was our favorite movies. But obviously that's more of a visual thing. That doesn't really translate to a book. But then- mm -hmm. Like Gone Girl and all that stuff like that, that birthed the new era of like the modern psychological thriller and suspense and stuff like that. And so, yeah. So then we, we were both kind of writing along that level, like along that mm -hmm. line. And then someone had to do it was more so um, just getting a random idea. And then I tell Danielle and I do this all the time. I'll just share a random idea. I think I want to write this or something in this world. And she just lit up and just started pitching stuff back to me. And I kind of said, hmm. Maybe we should just write it together this time. <laughs> and we did. You're like, oh, fine. So before you got into writing, someone had to do it. And this is in, you know, this like fashion world, which was so fun. What did you guys do in fashion? Because you have like a background in that. We were basically assistants to a personal stylist in New York. So it was a woman. She was a personal stylist. But once Amber met her, like she literally just emailed her out of the blue. Hey, do you need help? And she ended up saying yes, because it was like perfect timing. She needed a new assistant because she wanted to do a new venture, which was she wanted to start creating YouTube, like fashion advice, YouTube videos. Yeah. This was right before the whole boom of Instagram. So she eventually went to Instagram and now she's like a huge influencer. But before that, it was like, let's make YouTube videos. And I want to give girls advice and tell them about my experience because she also worked at Barney's for a while as a personal stylist. And so, yeah, I had just the skill of video editing. So it just worked out. And then I was like being her unpaid intern for six months, which was really, really hard because we were 100% broke. We had student loans. We have no cushion, no help, no family thing. Um, and I had to commute from Jersey to New York. It was just a lot. And then so I just told her one day, I was just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I actually, I rarely cry in public or in front of people, but I broke down crying and I was so embarrassed and I like locked myself in the bathroom because I just felt so, well, this also, the side note is this woman is extremely wealthy and mm -hmm. I just felt so ashamed to say, like, I couldn't say the words, like I can't afford to work for you for free anymore, but it worked out. She started paying me and then we needed more help. And I was like, well, I have a twin sister. You want her to help us? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so Danielle came on. So basically we did so much stuff. Like it totally ran the gamut. Like whatever she needed help with, yeah. we did. We took her photos. We recorded her videos. We edited her videos. It was a fashion week for her. Yeah. She um, wrote fashion like articles, like advice. We curated, um, what do you call it? Like little vignettes of like, buy, if, like if you're going to a wedding, here's five cute outfits you can wear. And then we curated like shopping carousels where people would just shop and we ran yeah. her blog for her. And then once we started, once she started getting a little bit more popular, she started getting news, like local New York news segments. And so she would go on and they would have her as the ex the fashion expert. And then you would make Danielle be the model. Yeah, I was about to say they made me be the model. <laughs> so many times like models won't show up or you can't find someone in time. So I would do that. And like literally whatever she needed, we did it. Yeah. And did you get the idea for someone had to do it while you were working with her or did you, were you not working for her and then decided you were going to like yeah, set it was this a thriller? Totally separate. Yeah, thing. totally separate. It was a long gap between that. We stopped working for her. Like we worked for her for three years and we didn't, the idea for someone had to do it, it. The whole process of someone had to do it was really quick. Like we got the initial idea in September of 2020, 
yeah 2020 and then just wrote it that the next couple months and then queried it like like three months after we started and then got our agent then got our book deal like a couple months after that so yeah it was just it was just honestly I woke up from a dream (laughs) with 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 kind of like just images of what that world could be and then I just went with it and told her but like I would you say it was conscious that I didn't want to write about fashion or anything that was like super that we had experience with. It just came out once we started developing Brandy and we started talking like we we verbally just talked out the whole characters and plot. And then we like, wait, we should write this down. Yeah. So (laughs) while we were talking, it was like Brandy and this and and, and where where she come from and what does she want? And they were like, why don't we just do fashion? Yeah. And because then we started getting the the idea for Taylor. It was like, well, I'll be perfect if she was sort of this daughter of like a Tom Ford, like an heiress. And so it came through that. It really wasn't uh, a result of It was a reverse engineer. Like we didn't say we want to write a fashion story. Here's the plot. It was more like Mm -hmm. we want to write this outsider Brandy character into going into a world that's maybe over the top or glitzy, glamorous, or at least looks like that from the outside. Mm -hmm. And then, and and that was just the one we were familiar with. So it it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that was like the universe telling you because you already knew, even though you didn't plan on it, it just worked out that way. Okay. Tell everyone like your summary of what, without giving out spoilers, what someone had to do it's about. And then we can get into the. (laughs) So, okay. It's a dual perspective book. So we're following two female characters. One is Brandy. She is this young black intern working at a Tom Ford-esque fashion label in New York. And she really wants to get, so she's like a spring intern, but she there's this like two week summer program that she really wants to be a part of because you get to go to Milan and, you know, work one-on-one with the CEO. Yeah, because right now she's just doing, you know, scrubbing vomit out of a dress that someone borrowed. She wants to really get her hands dirty and really get involved. And, okay, and so then we have EO, the company, and she kind of is going through a lot of things with her dad, Chase her dad. (laughs) And so their lives pretty much converge when Brandy gets herself invited to the dad's, like, annual charity ball. So Brandy is her boyfriend went to high school with Taylor. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, I happen to know her. If you want me to get you guys connected and maybe she can get you into her father and you could talk your way up into this summer program. And so she does, she goes to this party. And then during this party, she overhears Taylor telling her friends that she wants to kill her dad. And things kind of just spiral from there because Brandy takes it what she hears seriously. Yes. Spiral, it does. Um, (laughs) And aside from it being like a thriller, which I would definitely classify it in that genre, it's very timely. Like you're dealing with like, you know, the whole social media presence, you're dealing with race, class, um, all kinds of things. And you, the themes are so relevant when you're reading it, but there's also like dark, it's like darkly funny in some (laughs) scenes and stuff which I was like oh my like picturing Taylor having these conversations with their friends I'm like oh my god this is so like over the top but also like people like this is the world we live in today and so how did you like you woke up and you 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 thought of this was Brandy the first character you started developing and then everyone else kind of came into play or Pretty much, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brandy was the character we knew, uh, like I said, she would be the outsider character. She's the one entering the strange world. But then we wanted to have, okay, so the original title, or I wouldn't say original title, but the um, filler title was called Pretty mm-hmm. Monsters. But that was just more so the thing. So it would be like, Taylor and her friends are the pretty monsters. So like, they seem very enticing. They seem like they can help Brandy. And so she kind of trusts them to help her. But on the inside, they're kind of monstrous. <laughs> and so that's kind of the theme. That's kind of what we were going off of. And yeah, you like we did want it to be darkly funny and uh, it is over top in some instances, but it's more almost satirical. It's almost like saying like, yeah, it almost is like this. Like sometimes they almost seem like they do talk like this. And yeah, it's all, it's definitely meant to be more fun than anything else. It's supposed to be cheeky and just laugh at it and just, you know, roll with it. But we did want to obviously touch on some more serious topics, um, especially since when we're in Brandy's perspective, 
um, that's our POV pretty much to the world. And that's mm -hmm. how we thought we were in fashion. So we were drawing a lot from that. Yeah. And I'll say that was very intentional. That's why we wanted to definitely have Brandy as an outsider, because if we would, we felt if we would have just wrote this book from Taylor's perspective and that's it, then it would have felt really, really gratuitous and very like, okay, no, like I, I don't like this story at all. But because we're getting Brandy's perspective in her eyes and she is looking at them like, okay, y'all are kind of crazy. It kind of grounds it a little bit more and it doesn't make it seem too, too crazy. Yeah. Even though, like I said, in some moments, we do want you to think, okay, Taylor, you're, that's way too far. May, you're crazy. And we kind of want you to be angry at them and, and, and like and frustrated yeah. and yelling and screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you are because I think you did exactly what you set out to do, reading it from Brandy's perspective. You can feel like that frustration. And so, like, you guys put that on the page for other people to read and be like, wow, like, this is like such a learning moment and to understand like how she had to like work her way up, but also she's being like simultaneously attacked by this monster. Really? She is, even mm -hmm. though she does things that you're like, Oh geez, she is the thriller, you know, a huge piece of this, you know, thriller cast. Um, mm -hmm. Did you guys both have equal say in characters or did one of you develop one more than the other? I would say equal say. Yeah. And because it goes back to, I guess, the just the process of writing. So we don't really divvy up chapters or divvy up scenes or divvy up, um, you know, characters. since it's dual perspective chapters in the sense of you take Taylor's and I take Brandy's. We kind of just one person takes a shot at it and the mm -hmm. other person's responsibility is to make it better. <laughs> and then we just keep going back and forth until we're both satisfied with it. So, um, but when it comes to because our process was more to talk it out before we take it to the page. We were just both just, you know, Taylor could be like this and this could be part of her backstory and this could be this. Some stuff we don't even discuss though. And yeah. one person will just take a shot and maybe write a comment in the document. Like, is this okay? What do you think about this? Maybe it could be this too. And yeah. yeah but I would say, even though we did, we, we talked this out thoroughly before we even started. A lot of character stuff doesn't come out to actually write it. So it, it was a lot of stuff where if I had added it, I'll be like, oh, I don't know how she's going to take this. I hope she doesn't hate it. <laughs> and then she'll say, oh, yeah, it's cool. And vice versa. So like, and I would say just a lot of scenes were probably added after we had the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, does this work? Does this not work? Most of the time it does. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah. Our fights were always way more petty than that. They're yeah. always about one word. <laughs> <laughs> one sentence one paragraph meaning like let's say one of us went into a lot of detail and it's usually me <laughs> and then Danielle is like come on we don't need all of this take it out and then that would cause like a 30 minute spat so um <laughs> the overall big stuff we, we agree on. on yeah did you in your like time working for for this fashion influencer, did you meet Taylor Taylors? Like, did, did you ever run into people that you were like, ugh, like, not not so much. Maybe I didn't interact with them, but you could tell they were Taylors. The, the thing Taylor. that the thing that um pretty much annoyed me the most is that just how disconnected they are from reality. Like, they don't realize how privileged they are, mm -hmm. and that's what really bugged me. Because I'm like, how do you not see? that you're so much ahead of everyone else or that you, you know, you have a foot ahead of everyone else. And um, like the person we worked for, my main issue, cause she was super nice. I, I, we always say like one of the nicest people we've ever met in our lives. But the problem was she never, first of all, she never liked to admit that she was rich. She never liked when anybody would call her rich or just like, she was actually up for, um, a reality show about rich kids and she wouldn't do it yeah just because only because she characterization to know um but you know one time we did a tv segment and it was like how to get an affordable you know spring outfit or something like that and the top part was going to be a tank top and she was like okay so you had the, the the producer was like pick price ranges and we'll find something and then so she looked to us and she's like okay what do you girls think what do you think would be an affordable like a hundred dollars for a tank top and we were both just like we just yeah, laughed. No, the whole no. look was under a hundred dollars. And so it's just stuff like that. But I guess what was more annoying is what you were saying is like, she wouldn't admit it. So when she started doing videos and stuff, if she had like a YSL lipstick, 
she would be like, no, 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 don't show that one. Don't show that one. And she would make a show like whatever, Maybelline. And I'm just like, but and, and, and it hindered her success until she started showing stuff because that's what people like, even if it's, you know, cons- promoting consumerism or it's, but people like to see aspirational stuff. So once she got over that and then she mm-hmm. started showing, that's when she blew up on Instagram because that's what people wanted to see. So she was just, but I don't know, that's kind of just indicative of she didn't want to show her wealth, which I understand the idea of not wanting to flaunt it when there are so many problems in the world, stuff like that. But that's not why it was more like she just, she wanted to take credit, I guess, yeah. for everything that she had and had done it herself. And like, she would say, oh, I work so hard and we would be working for three hours sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. It was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just to tie that back to Taylor, the whole mentality of, I think Taylor genuinely thinks that the things that she's doing is the right thing is good. And all of her, you know, privilege is like, not like, I think she will respond. Like, what are you talking about? This is mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this crazy thing, but you are. And she's just so disconnected. She thinks the things that she's doing is like, okay. Or it's like justified, I should say. And they're not. <laughs> well, I think I had a conversation with another author um, who wrote about like influencing and it is so fascinating because this is like the culture we have now. And these influencers that make so much money, like, just doing these things on Instagram. I'm just, and then, you know, the rest of the world is out like working jobs or doing whatever. And I'm just like, how does that even, like, I just don't, it's so interesting to me. Cause I'm like, you know, you'll see people be like, well, I just like had this blog and then like, I took it to Instagram and now I make like six figures. And you're like, but like, how? Like how, does, and how can you sustain that? Yeah, I do think they they always conflate working a lot to working hard because mm. she would spend a lot of time, you know, looking at other people's blogs or shopping and she's spending a lot of time, but that's not hard work. No, that's not, there's no obstacles. There's no, um, I don't know, intellect involved. There's no, and you're also, she's doing it suave and absolute luxury. Yes. And you can take a vacation yeah. this weekend randomly to, I don't know, an island <laughs> yeah. in the Pacific and and come back rejuvenated and get this facial and go to this amazing, go to Equinox and you can do all this stuff to make up for the three hours of sitting at your computer, to, but you were online shopping because of posts that you need to make. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, how do you sustain it? It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's the more followers you get, the more you're going to get per yes. post. And I don't know. I just, I just wonder if it's... I just wish I could, people, these people are not any more happy than, than us. Cause I think right. they, a lot of people really fall for the, 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 the vision that they're presenting on Instagram and totally. they have all these and like that actually sometimes makes you more stressed. Cause you have to, you're worrying about keeping it up and right. yeah. It's a whole thing. And I just wonder like how long it will even last. Like, is this just the beginning and like, it's going to be even crazier 10 years from now or in 10 years, are we going to be like, oh my gosh, like, remember when we followed like, so and so? like, that's what I don't get, you know, or you well, see people like fade, like yes. even just however long Instagram, I don't even know how long Instagram has been around and you'll see, you know, like if you, one time I was doing like a cleanup of you know, accounts I followed. And I was like, this is, you know, and they're just like, you look and you're like, oh my God, I remember I followed that person. And like their last post was like five years ago. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what? There's, yeah. There's definitely people who have fallen off. I feel like all the biggest influencers, I think Instagram maybe started in 20, in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, the people, or at least that's when the people were blowing up. Those people are kind of done now. Like mm-hmm. I did the same because thing it's so a different few years now, ago. Yeah. I did the same thing a few years ago and was like cleaning out something. And I was like, oh, I forgot this person was literally on top of the world. Um, and yeah, so I wonder, I don't know, maybe they all just marry rich men or something. I don't know. But right. <laughs> I don't know how. But I, I do think it's just because Instagram totally changed. When it first started, it was just, you didn't have to try so hard. You didn't have to be so perfect. Everything didn't have to be so curated. And now they're probably just like, okay, I can't keep up with these people. So let me do something else. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of keeping up. And there is so much like, you know, comparison, which I'm like, it would be so, it's so exhausting. Like even just doing a book account, I don't have a bazillion followers at all. I'm just like, this is, I'm trying to support and have like authentic content, but I've definitely fallen down rabbit holes before where I'm like, you know, there's bookstagrammers that have like 80,000 followers. And I'm like, how, (laughs) you know, I, um, 
we have like I don't want to say a love hate relationship with Instagram maybe all of social media but it I find it yeah of course, it, of course it can be toxic and of course it's born of so many amazing things but me personally I don't like because I I love that quote comparison is a thief of joy and mm-hmm. it's just really not to compare so I make sure that people that I follow are just people who support us and stuff like that and like there was at least like a five-year period where I never even just went on Instagram just because I don't want to see, I don't want to start comparing myself to people. And it could be yeah. about at one point I was just following a whole bunch of accounts of just like beauty products. So just like um <laughs> photos of products and then the products get more expensive and then more like, and you just, you can't even keep up with that. And so, yeah. so it's, of course it's like, I don't want to like you, you get going to the, Oh my gosh, she's so pretty, but then it was just products. And then it can be <laughs> just books. Like, and then you just feel like, Oh my God, but her picture is just so much prettier of that same book that I took. Like, and you just keep comparing. So I do feel like for me, I need to keep a distance. Like I will post and I'll scroll for like two minutes, but like, I'm really just not scrolling, you know, nonstop. Like something. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I mean, it it, it can be very like, you can go down wormholes and then you're like, oh my God, you know, I've been doing this wrong for so long. And it's like, well, no, like, I feel like the, the intent of when it started was like to be creative and now it's just like to be competitive. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. not fun anymore. So, you know, Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I was going to ask, what were some thriller books? So are you guys big thriller fans? I'm guessing if you were going to go. Yes. Down. Okay. So what are some books that were like inspiring to you? Um. Well, definitely the first one was, so I mentioned Eric Jerome Dickey. He was our first kind of foray into reading thrillers. Mm-hmm. But so I know like he kind of started off with like chick books, mm-hmm. but then he transitioned and wrote a book series. It became a book series called sleeping with strangers and the sequel was waking with enemies and then it was dying for revenge and then there's a fourth one and he did this thing where his books are like really I don't know kind of like like this story was basically following this guy named Gideon who was an assassin a hired assassin but then he has an assassin that's hired to kill him and but his entrance into the world so that's that if you just told me that I probably wouldn't be that interested in reading it but his entrance to the world is he's where is he? he's in Europe right he's mm-hmm. going all over is it Paris I forget what city but a bunch of was London oh yeah it's London um that's the first city and he introduces you to London culture and stuff like that but and then it's like really sexy because that's the books we were into so it's like he's mixing like sexiness with assassins with then there's this like really deep backstory about his mom was a sex worker and him not knowing her but then meeting her for the first time as an adult and then trying to develop a relationship with her and trying to figure out why she gave him up and stuff like that. So he mixed like this really compelling emotional thing to the high octane plot, plot, yeah, impulsive plot with like the sexy, sultry European thing. And so that was our first like, oh, books can be this. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I mean, of course, as you know, I feel like Gone Girl came in and stole the whole show of thrillers. Yeah. And so and- a lot of thrillers just became that, just like a domestic psychological thriller. And then a lot of them are, you know, more focused on like cheating and relationships and wives and suburbia and things like that. And those are great, but that's not, that's not uh for me personally, that's not really the type of stories that I have the most fun with. Mm-hmm. And so like, I like a little bit more action. I like a little bit more, um, just more unconventional, unconventional type of a plot versus just like, kind of like, you know, where is this going? Let's just have fun. Yeah. On the way to get there and just kind of, I don't know, just building up to a big twist. And that's kind of the thing. I still read all those types of things, but I'm just saying, yeah, that's, that's a, I would say that's what I like to read, but not necessarily right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, de- there is definitely between Brandy and Neat, there is like sexy, sultry too. I should mention. I mean, there were, there were like all of a sudden I was reading and I was like, oh, whoa, we're going there. <laughs> Which I liked. I liked. That was a good, like, th- I felt like that's why it gave me like gossip girl vibes because it was like dark, funny, but then there was like re- a relationship, like a strong relationship there that was sort of in jeopardy. And so, um, and so my next question then is, are, have you guys already jumped into book number two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in the process of editing right now. Yeah. So book number two, it's going to be a so murder mystery title. No, I'm not going to say okay. title. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a, it's this one is going to be a murder mystery so it's basically like a mystery in the past no crime in the past mystery in the present is that yeah, how it goes yeah. it's kind of it's just basically about um a girl trying to solve the murder of her mom which was 15 years ago mm-hmm. and so she has to go back to her hometown and investigate yeah, yeah. oh i love it that's a so basic you- setup Okay. Yeah. We will, well, you'll have to follow up and let us know more when you can share more, but are you excited? Like, are you going to be able to go on a book tour and stuff? Like, do you have signings or readings coming up? Um, not yet. Everything is kind of in limbo right now. We're still okay. like, we're, but hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That will be exciting. Okay. So now we're going to do the chic list questions for you guys. So you can either if you have the same answer, if you want to chime in, I'll leave it up to you guys on how you want to answer. Um, okay. What three celebrities, authors, figures, living or dead, would you want to have a book club with? This was a hard one. We thought about this one for a while. Yeah, only because um, as much as we participate in celebrity culture and, you know, get obsessed with authors and stuff like that, I don't think we connect you know, I love their book or I love their songs too. I think I'm going to love them in real life. But like, I think we yep. like to keep, keep it separate. Like I love Beyonce's music and her performances. I think she's a genius in that, but I don't know if I want to talk to her about a book. I don't know. <laughs> but if I had to like really just pick fantasy people that I like to just be in a room with, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. And if I could be Beyonce, um, I'll pick Zendaya and you pick a third. I don't know. Well, then only because I know he likes reading, I'll pick just some eye candy and I'll just pick Chris Evans. I know he likes reading books. So Oh, he's... perfect. Yeah. That's a good one. And that's fine. <laughs> you guys could just hang out. No, we you don't talk about books. Um, I love it. Okay. Um, current binge series. So I would say we're not currently binging anything literally at this moment, but the mm-hmm. last um the last series that we binged was Dead to Me. Mm-hmm. So the good. third season yeah we just watched it but day. then yeah one day <laughs> like just one afternoon um into evening but we also are obsessed with this show called it's not even a new show I think it were like the 20 something season um it's called snapped mm-hmm. and it's basically this true crime series about women who are accused of murder <laughs> yeah yes it's just, it's just crazy because you know the the stat like most killers are men and so it's just fascinating to find out why these women are just killing people. <laughs> they snapped. I've watched that before. That is really good. Um, last favorite book and current read. So my favorite book, like I would say, oh, that was one of my favorite books I ever read was um, Razor Blade Tears by S.A. Coffee. Mm-hmm. So that one is, so the latest favorite, yeah. my latest favorite is The Winners by Frederick Bachman. So that's like the third book in the Bear Town series. And I just felt like it was so literally everything I thought it would be. And I'm really not a series reader ever, but yeah. I found this one to be so compelling. And he is just such an amazing writer to me. And like he does, I feel like he writes perfect books. It's plotty, it's fast paced, it's a whole bunch of characters that you just relate to, even though I couldn't in per- my personal life relate to a, a ice forest town with people who play hockey and everything revolves around you know the wilderness but somehow I don't know he gets me I cried I laughed I cried multiple times so that's my most recent favorite but um my current need is this amazing I just finished it like an hour ago so it's kind of cheating but it's called you will not have my hate by Antoine Le I think it's Lerice he's French so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right but it's this really quick memoir about his wife was killed in a terrorist attack and he has a 17 month old son. And so the book is just basically how he's going to deal with the grief and how to move on. And it was just so, so moving. So mm-hmm. oh. my current book that I'm reading is Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. Uh, I tend to read a lot of thrillers, but the books that I learned the most from are literary fiction. Cause I just, mm-hmm. I, when I read literary fiction, I'm a very slow reader. I like to reread things. I like to take my time, think about things. So this book is actually giving me all of that. So that's the one I'm reading right now. Yeah. Love it. Um, describe your writing space. <laughs> my bed. Yeah, I was going to say it's fluffy and white. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, and we don't write in the same room ever. 
unless we're editing, like if we're literally doing edits from our editor, we will probably be in the same room and just have it on our iMac and just sit there so we both sit at our desk. But if we're writing, just drafting or just revising something ourselves, she goes in her room, I go in my room and we just, honestly, do you, you write on your phone still? Mm -hmm. I, we just write on our phone because it's just easier. I love I that. No, I feel like I've heard of other authors and I'm always so fast. I'm like, why not? It's there. You're, you're, it's portable. I with my thumbs. And yeah. Yeah, when, I, when, I, when, we're, when I'm drafting, I like to draft as soon as I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Before I do anything else, before I get distracted by anything else. So I just pull up my phone, start writing for a few hours and then I can start my day. I, I would not like get up, like some people like get up, get dressed, set this mood set. I'm like, then I'm not going to want to write anymore. <laughs> You're like, it's over. But it's the ship has sailed. Um, name something chic. Okay. <laughs> do you do you agree? Do you have a different one? I don't know. Okay. Well, mine is so a show that we're not binging because we're actually oh. so usually, you know, like HBO and Hulu does it too. They're feeding out the shows week by week. And yeah. while I understand that from a creative perspective, as a creator, that's what I would want. So people can get addicted and talk about it every week. Like I totally get that. But personally, I prefer what well, we both do to binge stuff, but we're actually not like, so we, if, if a show is like on HBO, we usually will just wait it out till all eight or 10 episodes come out, but we're being, mm -hmm. got sucked into the white Lotus. So we're watching it <laughs> week to week. And I, I, I'm going to call that show chic. Like the aesthetic is just chic in general because it's Italy and it's beautiful and it's amazing. But the fashion, I feel like as, especially compared to last season, but maybe it's because they're in Italy, they totally stepped it up. And I'm just halfway enamored by what everybody's wearing, especially the female characters. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. I don't like though, but. <laughs> I agree. I think just like the hotel, I was like, I would love to go to Italy, like, <laughs> and know. stay on some like coastal hotel that is amazing um <laughs> do you have a favorite book that you gift so i usually don't gift books because i think it's just too personal like i know that, i'm very picky with books it's that but it's also we don't have a lot of like avid readers in our life in yeah. our personal mm -hmm. life but if i were to gift i'm going to do a fiction and nonfiction. so if i could gift a, um, a nonfiction. My favorite is Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi, which is basically a history of the slave trade in America and bringing it to not necessarily the present present, but contemporary times. I would do The Sun Does Shine. Yeah. What's his name? Anthony Hinton. I would do that book. It's about book was a, one of my favorite books. A, a, a Black man who was on death row for 31 years for- Falsely accused. Falsely accused of murder. And this is his memoir after he gets released, finally. And- his lawyer was actually he 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 did the uh, the um the innocence project and wrote just mercy so mm -hmm. we read both of those both of those are i think both actually could make um really good gifts and my fiction one would be only if i knew that they could handle this subject matter is i love my dark vanessa by um kate elizabeth russell i really felt that book was so compelling and like i said if i knew that someone could handle that subject material I would I would yeah it's a it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> but it was uh, so it, yeah totally um we're, okay if you could have one song as the theme song of your life what would it be and why <laughs> yeah, this, this is hard only because I like to not only but my main songs that I listen to are sad songs and I would never want a sad song to be the theme of my life. But so if we went off maybe of lyrics or like the song title, I could probably think yeah. of something. But just know it will be in the realm of if Beyonce had a baby with Mariah Carey. Some way they can make a theme song for me. Which was, <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Okay, see, so she's okay. cheating. I'm trying. She's, she, she's, <laughs> she's, I know. And she has a lot of like head nods and laughing at you. <laughs> She listens to like uh, like fifty songs, the same songs all the time. But which actually brings me to the fact that I also was obsessed with the fact because I was doing this for books at the beginning that you guys have a playlist for the oh book, yeah, which I yeah. loved and it has like such great songs in it. And after you read the book, you're like, yeah, these songs totally make sense for this book. It was like the perfectly yeah, curated list. Took me months to do that because it's it was so good. 
I don't really listen to new music. Well, I try, but yeah, it's, like, it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. There's no, no. I don't to radio or anything, so it's hard. I'm like, who oh, new artists? I'm searching artists and I'm downloading all these songs and I'm listening to the full album to kind of get the vibe. And I'm like, does that apply to this character? <laughs> I apply the Taylor. Is that like me? <laughs> like, it was fun. I liked the end result, but it was hard. <laughs> it was. It's really good, but I agree. It's hard. I don't really listen to the radio. And I don't really know any new, like, it's not like when I would use, like, watch, like, the MTV, like, music yeah. awards. Now, I, like, had it on one day in the background when it was over the summer or whatever. And I was like, I don't even, like, I literally don't even know who these people are. Whereas, no, like, I felt like when we w- watched it, like, um, it was, like, a huge deal. <laughs> and you just knew everybody. You oh, just you knew everybody. everybody. excited for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Different totally totally different with streaming and everything. Yeah. Yes. It's just not, I know, like no CDs and stuff. It's sad. (laughs) Okay. Um, must have beauty item. This is easy. Let's see if we pick the same thing because we didn't confer. Mine is just the Anastasia Beverly Hills brow whiz. And I say that because we We don't have eyebrows. And I cannot leave the house without it. Like that's the one thing. I have to do. Yeah, I, I have the exact same thing. Oh, shut up. Well, you guys, it work. You guys have great brows with the but it no, looks, I was, but it no, looks it so good. It really stops halfway through and it's just like, okay. And we also so, uh, we look the... crazy if you leave the house without it. Most of the time, I just put a cap on, you know, I pull it down. <laughs> I, I, like if I'm just running to the store, I don't feel like filling them in. But yeah, I can't. I that's just, I just can't. Yeah. I love it. That is, that is, that's come up before too. So that is a very good product. Okay. It's the only if you- it, yeah. If you could name just one lipstick after a book, what would you call it and what shade would it be? Okay, mine would be Gone Girl. <laughs> Only because I do love that book, but I just feel like that sounds cute. Like, what's your lipstick? Gone Girl. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. So the shade, the shade, well, Danielle suggested something else, but she said maybe like a really deep blood red because yeah, that goes with the vibe, I guess. Yeah. But but I thought of, you know, like, like a nudie brown, like sensual, sexy color, like seductive I, I like, guess I don't know but I like both <laughs> I like both choices um okay last question best advice you've ever received I would say I'm going with the oldie but a goodie because okay. I've had this advice my entire life because I'm what? extremely shy well we're both very shy not outgoing I always doubt myself so I always say I mean I always think of fake it till you make it that's the best, that's the most impactful advice I've ever taken. Because if there's everything, something that I need to do, I have to fake it because I'm not, like, I don't always feel it on the inside. And once you do fake it and you pretend to be this person, you actually do become this person. So that's mine. Like, I'm going with total classic. That's the most impactful <laughs> Well, okay, well, then I'll say my favorite, this is just my favorite quote. I can't, I'm, I, I'm hard with favorites, but this is just a quote I really relate to. And it's by this guy named Jim Russell from the 1400s, apparently, like allegedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just said, <laughs> wherever you go, there you are. And I that I like always, that. because I'm just like, I took it as, you know, you can't run from your problems. And no matter where you travel, no matter who, what kind of relationship we get into, you're always going to be who you are. So you might as well like that person. And you better just, I'd say I translate that as go after what you want, go after your dreams. Of course, you have responsibilities. Of course, you have you know, probably things against you or you have to deal with society, but always follow what you really want because you only get one chance at life. So just do it. And yeah, you're always going to have yourself there. You can run, you can hide, but you're going to always be there. And then I would say just to give one piece of writing advice that I've always liked, um, write the book you want to read. And I feel like that's what we did 100% with someone had to do it. And with our next one and all the other ones that we're coming up with now is I just want to, I just want to, like, I, I don't, I know some people write things that they think the market wants, or they write things they write because this other one was popular. And we kind of just wanted to write something that will be fun for us to actually read. And you're going to spend so much time working on a manuscript. Mm-hmm. You should love it. So. Mm-hmm. And that's the joy of it is it's actually enjoying it. Yeah. So well, not, we're not doing it for tech. We're not doing it for, you know, fame or anything like that. So if we don't actually enjoy them, what's the point? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's perfect. But I will say the book is so fun. So you should be so proud. And I think it's the perfect, um, like, 
just a fun read, but also I think it'd be a great book club read because I think it would open a lot of good, great dialogue. And yes, while like it is, there's like, you know, glitz, glam, dark, you know, different topics. I just think that like it is rooted in like some really serious things that would just be, you know, just fun to just discuss. So, and I think you guys have lots of fun books to come. I think I, if I looked into my book crystal ball, I feel like this was just in, like so easy to read. Like you had written 15 books before. And I feel like that says a lot when I read and I'm not saying like I'm this crazy, you know, but I read so much. And one thing that I always base on something when I am finished and I'm like, I love that book is how just like easy and anxious I wanted to read it. And mm -hmm. so I will say someone had to do it was that for me. So I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. I'm excited. This book will be out at the end of the month. So people will be able to to grab it then. But um, I think you have a, a fun writing future ahead if I were to say. I'm going to fall. I'm following along. <laughs> thank you. That means and, a lot. And thank you. And let people know. I know you guys will probably be posting more around when the book comes out and stuff, but where can we, you guys have your writing page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on Instagram, we're just our names and it's just Amber and Danielle. And it's just Amber, A-M-B-E-R and spell it out. And then Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. And Twitter, Twitter. Amber, I'm on Twitter and I'm just Amber Sherelle, S-H-A-R-E-L-L-E. And, and I am Danny, so D-A-N-I underscore. Underscore Nick. Is that it? Nick Brown. Okay. Danny Nick Brown, because that's my middle name. They didn't have my name because I joined Twitter late. But it's Danny <laughs> underscore Nick Brown on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. And everyone can follow you and then we can hear all about the latest and greatest that you guys have coming. So yeah. thank you so much for joining me. This was so fun. Like I said, I feel I'm never going to get identical twin sisters again. I feel like so <laughs> this is, yeah. this is a historic moment. <laughs> so <laughs> thank, thank you so, so much. So, oh my gosh, my pleasure. And thank you everyone for tuning in.